Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I'm getting ready to make my first hire. I don't spend $150,000 a month in marketing. I don't do 200 deals a year. I just need someone to help me out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put an ad on Craigslist. I'm going to put an ad on Monster.com. Hopefully, I'll get three candidates and I'll just pick one. That's the worst thing that you could do. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I'm pleased and honored to be introducing you to Trevor McGregor. You recognize his name. He's been on the show multiple times. Just search Trevor McGregor, Joe Fairless, and you'll hear his interviews that I did with him. And he has a lot of value during those interviews. Well, he's had a lot of value in my life. For the last five years... I have hired him to be a consultant to help me with my real estate business and just personal stuff too as a life slash business coach. And he's taken my game to a different level. Before I hired him, I had four single family homes. And oh, by the way, I was also single. Fast forward to today, my company controls over $300 million worth of real estate. And I am happily, happily married. Clearly, results are going to vary, but he has helped me in five years do things that I didn't even have on my radar. So I suggest that you speak to Trevor McGregor if you're looking to take your real estate investing business to the next level. If you've had success and are looking to build on that success, then he's your guy. Go to trevormcgregor.com or coachwithtrevor.com. And you'll be able to apply for a conversation with him, coachwithtrevor.com. We used to do a free consultation. We got too many free consultations, and he actually is pretty full with his consulting program, and he's very conscientious about the value that he adds. He wants to add tremendous value, so he's being very selective with the people who he does work with. So go to coachwithtrevor.com and apply to have a conversation with him. And then you two can decide if it makes sense to work together or not and hire him as a consultant. It has impacted my life in a tremendously positive way. Him and his wife have gone to my wedding. Trevor's been to my conference a couple years. And I know him well. And I suggest that you get to know him as well. CoachWithTrevor.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Brad Chandler. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Brad. He is the co-founder and CEO of Express Home Buyers, one of the largest home buyers in the entire country. He has successfully flipped over 2,000 houses since 2003. 
based in Fairfax, Virginia. With that being said, Brad, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. So I read a book. I could go way back, but we'll go back to ninth grade. I read a book in ninth grade on how to buy real estate with no money down. Had some financial challenges as a kid and knew that I wanted something that would generate unlimited income. So I had an investor buy my neighbor's house in 2002 and I went and talked with him and he said, yeah, I buy houses at 20, 30% below market. I fix them up and I resell them. And I go, that's what I'm going to do. I always knew I wanted to do real estate, but I thought you got rich in real estate by putting down 20%, paying off a house with the rent check over 30 years and hopefully it appreciated. So after eight long months, I bought six houses in July and August of 2003, quit my full-time job in October of 2003 and basically rehab fix and flipped up to last December. And then we said, you know what? We've lost so much money renovating houses that I'm going to switch my model to wholesaling, get rid of renovations. So this past year, we wholesaled just shy of 200 houses just in the DC market, had our best financial year ever. And here we are today. I decided to start a coaching company to teach people exactly how we do and started that about six months ago. Well, I certainly understand going from fix and flip to wholesaling. I always tell guests that when we talk about fix and flipping versus wholesaling, if I was doing one of the two, I would 100% be wholesaling versus fixing and flipping. It's just less risk, better return on time, in my opinion. Unless you really get fulfillment by doing fixing and flipping, wholesaling to me is a much better approach. You are so right. And it requires so much capital if you're going to do if yeah. uh, rehabbing, if you're going to do it on a big scale. I mean, we had tens of millions of dollars out. Mm-hmm. Well, with your process, you all wholesaled, as you said, 200 homes last year. Do you also invest into properties for long-term holds for your own portfolio? In 2010 to 2012, we bought approximately 80 single-family houses in the D.C. metro area. We found that we were not making the yields that we thought because they were all single families. It was low, low, low single digits. And we were borrowing money for the rehabs at a cost of capital around 10 12%. And we're thinking, geez, does this make any sense? We've got a couple million dollars tied up in rentals that are earning us, let's say, 2%, 1%. But yet we're paying 10 to 12%. So we actively decided the time is right to sell. So we're in the process. We've sold probably 65 of the 80. And then I probably at some point in time, my wife and I are doing some investing on the side. We'll likely get back into it. My actual degree in Virginia Tech from an undergrad standpoint was residential property management. So I would love to own apartments, just never have gotten around to doing it mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> yep. I'm with you. Okay. The reason why I ask is wholesaling is a job, whether it's automated or However you have it set up, it's still a transaction-based business. So that's why I was wondering when you do make that money, are you then investing it for more of a long-term play so that you're not chasing the transaction? Right now, we're investing it into growth. We've launched in six other markets. We've done some test launches and we're going to see how that works. And if that works, we're just going to continue to take our excess cash and fuel it to growth. Got it. So I want to give you a scenario. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this because it's a tactic I'm playing with and I'd just like to hear your opinion. So I buy apartment buildings and you're wholesaling what primarily one to four unit properties? All one units, really. All one unit. Okay, all one units. If I were to come to you and pretend I'm just some random person you never came across, you don't know me from anyone else, and I met you at a local meetup 
and I heard that you're wholesaling and you are wholesaling at an amazingly high level. And I said, hey, I've got some apartment buildings and I'd like to buy some more. I know you're likely doing direct mail. First off, is that assumption correct? It is correct. Okay. So you're likely doing direct mail. What if the direct mail leads that you got, what if you ask them one extra question? And that question is, do you own any larger properties? And if they did, if you sent them my way, then I would give you some sort of referral fee if we close on a transaction. What would you say to that? I would say it's fine. I hope my acquisition staff is actually asking because that's a question I learned long ago. Ask everyone you know and come in contact with, do you have any other properties you are looking to sell? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good idea. I'm not sure how it's like a needle in a haystack of all the people who call us. I don't think there's going to be a ton of them that have multi-unit, but mm -hmm. maybe. Cool. So you'd be open to it. And I'm testing this tactic out, by the way. So you are my focus group. <laughs> How would you structure that so that it benefits you or so that you know that you're getting compensated? Like, would you want a percent or would you want just a flat fee or how would you structure that? We've given a lot of leads out free over the years and we typically ask for a percentage, a much larger percentage than I would ask for an apartment. So yeah, we've asked for a percentage of profit, but this would be much tougher. Mm -hmm. So it would probably be a small percentage of the purchase price is what I think would be just something easy that's not going to take a bunch of brain damage to figure out each time. Yep. Fair enough. 200 plus wholesale deals last year. How do you get to that volume? Well, processes is really what it is. We're probably 30 people now on our team when you include our virtual assistants. And I started out in 2003 with a negative 80,000 on net worth and bought six houses in two months and then just scaled it. As we needed more people to do more jobs, we would systematize the position and then we would go out and hire really great people. And then we would just reinvest profit into marketing. So we were spending like a couple hundred dollars marketing budget per month when I started. And now we're well over six figures a month in marketing marketing. So it's just a process of scaling one month at a time. Mm -hmm. 30 people on the team, including VAs. Can you tell us what categories of departments they're in? And we're growing, by the way. So we're looking to hire eight different people, both here in Springfield, in Orlando, Tampa, LA, and Seattle departments. So we have accounting that have two people. We have a marketing department that is two people looking to put a third person in that. We've got acquisition and sales, which is 10 people, myself, my partner. What else am I forgetting? I think that's it. Mm -hmm. And then VAs across and then VAs, the board. Yeah, like 10 VAs. And right. Generated. What are the VAs like doing? They're doing a lot of nurture. They're actually screening. We get leads on a nationwide basis now. So they're actually screening those calls and seeing if there's a level of motivation. And if there are, they're handing them over to our acquisition staff. And where are those VAs located? They're in the Philippines. However, we're just about to hire three more people, one in Tampa, one in the Texas area, and one in the state of Washington. And those were found through Upwork. Mm -hmm. Those are obviously US-based folks. Sure. All of them found through Upwork? Those three were found on Upwork. What about everyone the Philippines? Else, everyone else is through My OutDesk. My OutDesk? Yep. They're a VA company that specializes huh. in virtual assistance for the real estate industry. Okay. Got it. I had not come across them before. Cool. Did you say six figures a month marketing? Yes. So you're spending over $100,000 of marketing every single month? Yes. How do you allocate that budget? We are spending approximately fifty to $60,000 on internet 
both pay-per-click and organic, we're likely spending about $60,000 on direct mail. And then we're spending about $30,000 a month on television. Okay. How do you evaluate the effectiveness of television? And what are you doing on television? Ironically, Joe, TV has been our bread and butter for years. I started TV advertising, I think, in like October or November of 2003. So it really was our only marketing source for so many years. So that's how we evaluated it. Now we do our best with tracking numbers to see what's coming in. And we also are able to look at the Google Analytics now. We're setting this stuff up now where we run a commercial and see if there's a spike in internet traffic. Mm -hmm. And with the internet allocation, pay-per-click and organic, how do you know your marketing dollars are being invested effectively? We're really good at tracking everything. So we know, obviously, pay-per-click is really easy because you actually see the returns. SEO is accounting for about 600 of our out-of-area leads. So we track everything with what's called UTM parameters. What is UTM parameters? Wow. So this is pretty technical. <laughs> when you go to Google and you have, it's like google.com and it has a long string of numbers and letters, each one of those is tracking. So when anytime anyone clicks on something now and it goes in our database, we can see where it's coming from. How did you build that team out or is that your area of expertise? I would say my expertise is marketing, but I'm more of the high level, hey, I know what consumers, kind of their behavior and what makes them buy and purchase. Things like that that are very technical. We just hire people with that know-how. How do you know you're hiring the right people? We have a pretty exhaustive interview process where it's very, very intense. We run through disk analysis as well as a behavioral test. We ask for lots of references and we go really deep in the reference checks. And then we literally spend about three hours with each candidate. So when you spend that long and do that much testing, you really have an idea. And of course, you want to look for past success in previous positions and previous accomplishments in their life. What's the behavioral test? Behavioral test, we actually use something that helped Keller Williams grow. It's a small company out of Charlottesville, Virginia. It's called an AVA. It's a little bit different than a personality test. It tells the score of the report that it gives really tells you what your behavior and what you're good at and what you're not good at. Got it. And if I, anyone is hiring people and not using those tests, you're really missing out. If I want to give the test to someone, how do I get access to it? It's through a small company called Corporate Consulting in Charlottesville, Virginia. But there are several products, Joe, as you probably know, on the market, like the Myers-Briggs, and there's a number of them. So you are investing over 100K in marketing. And then once you get a lead, what are some things that you have evolved over time? Because you're getting a high volume in your process. We're getting ready to recreate everything now to make it simpler and flow smoother. But approximately 2010, 2011, 2012, we kind of looked back and said, gosh, we've probably lost millions of dollars not following up properly. So we implemented Infusionsoft, which is pretty complex. And for the normal home buyer, I would not recommend using it. But we implemented it. My COO did a deep dive and really learned the ins and outs of it, got training from one of the ex-founders or one of the first guys at Infusionsoft. And we just have become so good at follow-up. We touched them 15 times in the first four days, and then we never let a lead go. I mean, we closed leads last year that were seven years old. In 2017, I think we closed like 10 deals just from calling back missed phone calls. Mm -hmm. So we're all about follow-up. What are the 15 ways, and obviously you don't need to mention all of them, but can you talk more about that in four days, 15 times? Yeah, it's just simply a combination of voicemails, phone calls, text, and emails. What part of that is automated? 
it's semi-automated. So let's say a lead came in today, it would trigger saying, hey, give them a call. So we automatically give them a call. When we push the button that said did not answer, they would get an email fired off. And then a couple hours later, they would get a text fired off. When they came in the next day, it would say, hey, you got to call Johnny back. And the same process would start. Call if you didn't get them. And we're soon going to have the technology where we just, well, we kind of have that now where we can push a button, it leaves a voicemail, and then an email will go out and then a text will go out. What's something else from the evolution of your company now, not necessarily marketing specific, just the evolution of your company that you've learned that could help other best ever listeners who are wholesaling and looking to build or even just an investor looking to build their company? I got to mention the follow-up again. That's probably the single most important thing. <laughs> yep. Something I've known, but I just didn't do it. I've always known how important people were, but I was never able to pull off a team. Just every single person is an A player. And after 13 years of going through a lot of bad candidates and a lot of bad employees, we have got a team now that there's not one person that I'd say, oh, if he or she left, I would care. We don't want to lose anybody. Good people make everything a lot simpler. So make sure, even if people may be listening to this and saying, you know what, I'm getting ready to make my first hire. I don't spend $150,000 a month in marketing. I don't do 200 deals a year. I just need someone to help me out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put an ad on Craigslist. I'm going to put it out on monster.com. Hopefully I'll get three candidates and I'll just pick one. That's the worst thing that you could do because a bad hire can absolutely ruin you. So whether you're hiring your first person or your hundreds, Make sure that you do a detailed, detailed interview and make sure that you're selecting someone who you really, really want to. Red flags come up, really research those or just discount them and move on. Do you do a test period with your potential hires? We've done it in the past, but it's not protocol. Virginia is an at-will state, so we've got really strict KPIs and we're looking at people on a monthly and weekly basis. Are they performing? And if they're not performing, they just don't stick around. What's an at-will state? At will means an employer has the ability to fire at any time without okay. repercussions, without cause. What is your best, and you might have just mentioned it, the follow-up process, but what is your best real estate investing advice ever? We're marketers, really. Anyone in the home buying business, you're a marketing and follow-up company that just happens to buy and sell houses. So I think I just mentioned it. It'd be marketing, follow-up, and just people. Got it. Okay, cool. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right, let's do it first. A quick word from our best ever partners. If you want to hire the guy who I hire to help me with my real estate investing business, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's coachwithtrevor.com. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com. Best ever book you've read? I think I just may have read it, and that was High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. Best ever deal you've done? We wholesaled a deal in 2005 where we made $300,000 on it. It was a small building. Actually, this was a multifamily, like a three-unit in Adams Morgan in D.C. How'd you find that deal? Do you remember? I bet you it came off of a TV ad. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? In 2005, we bought three development deals in one month thinking that we were the smartest people in the world and knew everything about real estate. And we ended up losing $3 million collectively on those three deals. Oh, that's fun. That's a good lesson. Oh, great lesson. <laughs> what, 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 When presented a similar opportunity, how would you approach it now? 
Well, we have had similar opportunities and we've actually turned it around and made great profits. We didn't know what we didn't know back then. So we should have done our due diligence. We should have had an attorney involved in the process. So just before you go hard on a deposit, make sure that you've got all the approvals that you need. Is that what happened? You went hard on a deposit, but didn't get the right approvals for breaking ground? That was the problem on two of them. And the third one was just a complete debacle in every way, shape, and form. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Best ever way you like to give back? I am finding it very fulfilling to teach people what I do and starting to change people's lives by teaching them how to invest in real estate. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? I've got a book titled Wholesaling Secrets. Discover this one technique we use to close over 200 wholesale deals every year consistently. That's a mouthful. Yeah, I know. I got on the next <laughs> the next book I'm going to shorten. Simply text the word invest to 855-999-1616 and they can go to bradchandler.com for my coaching programs. Cool. And I'm kidding about the mouthful because my podcast is the best real estate investing advice ever show and I always tell people it's tough to say but great for Google searches. Well, thank you for being on the show and talking to us about how you have scaled your wholesaling company how you are in marketing and you happen to be selling houses. So it is about the follow-up and it is about the people that are on your team and how you're allocating your marketing budget 40 or so percent towards internet, 40 or so percent towards direct mail and 20 or so percent towards television. And then how you screen potential candidates for your company. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Joe. The Target Market Insights Podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.